0: You're listening to Bird Means Business, episode fifty-one. Oh, 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 y'all! Can you tell that I am so excited? Who gets excited about talking LLCs and trademarks? Yeah, girl. Bird. I get excited about this stuff. And you know what? I hope, I really hope that you just open up your heart and your mind to be excited too, because these topics are so crucial for building a better brand. And that's what we're doing, right? We're not playing games. We're not being wishy-washy with these businesses we're starting. We are the real deal. What you're creating will improve countless lives. So you want to make sure that you get it right from jump. And this conversation with Saludo Uba of the Uba Law Group will set you on your way. This is one, y'all, that you will definitely want to take some notes on. And I just hope you love it as much as I do. We're going to talk about business formation and LLCs in particular. We're going to talk about some common mistakes entrepreneurs make in the beginning that come biting them in the butt. A few years down the road. We're also going to talk about trademarks and intellectual property and what all of that means. We're even going to talk a little bit about DBAs and whether you really need a DBA or not and business write offs. Oh, you are going to be so glad that you tuned into this episode, I promise. I want to tell you a little bit about Saludo. First, we met in college at the University of Texas at Austin hook them. And he and his wife, Lola, have been friends of ours ever since. Lola was actually one of my very first college friends. So it's just so special to have stayed connected with uh, these two over all these years. Saludo is a business formation and trademark specialist, and he's the managing attorney at the UBA Law Group. He knows firsthand that entrepreneurship can change your life and the lives of those around you. So he is oh so passionate about helping people achieve their dreams this way. As someone who resigned from the traditional law firm life and launched several businesses, Saludo is intimately aware of the fears and apprehension that new business owners may have when they're in the startup mode. He draws on this experience to guide his clients through the legal process, and he helps them protect their assets, save money on taxes, and attract quality clients. Y'all, I've worked with Saludo personally to get my business formation docs set up for Bird Williams. So I can vouch firsthand for how great he is to work with and how brilliant he is. He's also really funny. You are going to really love that you tuned in today and you're gonna see it for yourself how awesome he is. So let's get right into it. Saludo, welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
1: Hey, hey, doing well. How are you, Ashley?
0: I am doing great, Saludo. I am so excited to have you on. This is one of my favorite topics and a question I get a lot from the entrepreneurs oh, yeah. I work with. So yeah. super excited to dive into all of the questions I have. But first, I want you to tell me a little bit about your journey and how you've gotten to where you are today as an attorney working with entrepreneurs.
1: Yeah, um, I'll try to be I'll I'll try to honor the uh, the 6 Bs of public speaking be brief brother be brief wow. um and try to try to shorten this thing up but yeah um you know just a real quick st- summary of my story Knew I wanted to be a lawyer most of my life. Went to law school, finished, did the whole law school thing. Nothing crazy or exceptional about that. Um, and I thought I was just going to be doing the regular law firm life until about three or four years in, I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't see myself doing this for the rest of my life. Working in somebody else's office from nine to five, maybe nine to ten, sometimes crazy hours, however many mm-hmm. days a week. Your boss calling you or emailing you at 2 30 AM and expecting a response about what just wasn't life for me. didn't care <laughs> for it. And the surprising thing was I had a lot of attorney friends that were having the same conversation all around the same time. Mm. Um, so, you know, we knew I need to make a leap was just kind of thinking and praying and with my wife about it. What do we do? And we had, um, it, it's funny, just around that time I'd read the book, rich dad, poor dad,
2: mm, a little bit cliche.
1: Everybody is just, you know, they just have that aha moment. And so we had friends that just got into real estate. So I left my firm, resigned from my firm, good terms, no, no beef, no bad blood. And then um, launched my real estate investing company in 2017. And um, I thought I was done with the law at that point. So, you know, I was running the company, still have the real estate uh, company now. Um, But the one thing that kept on drawing me in, the one thing that I actually liked about the law was just entrepreneurship and business ownership. And so after a little while, I would just be forming businesses on the side for my friends here and there, you know, putting people on game, teaching them how to save money, how to you know, protect themselves. And then in 2019, I was like, hey, I just need, I just need to go ahead and formalize this thing. And so we launched the Uber Law Group uh, in September of 2019. Uh, and so we focus on business formation and trademark uh, intellectual property work uh, for entrepreneurs. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of how that's happened.
0: I love it. I love so much that it's what you kept coming back to and that you had the self-awareness to tap into that. Cause I get the question so many times, like, I just, I'm trying to find my passion. I'm trying to find exactly which entrepreneurial endeavor I want to pursue and knowing like, hey, what what do I keep coming back to? What, what really drives me? What am I doing for free for friends all the time? That's how I ended up right. launching Bird Williams was helping people start businesses for so long that it got out of control. And I was like, yep. let me make this official. So love that. And I love that you brought up business formation um, and trademarks. And we're going to talk about both. Let's start with talking about business formations formation. Why is it important? And I, I want to kind of hone in on LLCs because yeah. I'm sure you see that's what most people tend to go the route most people tend to go. So let's talk a little bit about that.
1: Okay, cool. Um, so this is my bread and butter. So if you need to stop me, you should, because <laughs> I will talk for the next hour. Okay. I get um, excited about this too. So Yeah. So, so the way I like to do it when I'm talking with clients is I want to go to the source. If you don't have a business entity, and you're, you're operating this business, you are a sole proprietorship. Like you and the business are the same thing. So if you're selling a product or if you're offering a service and somebody has a problem with you and they want to take action, legal action against you, against your business, they're taking action against you personally. So you're on the hook for everything. We call that personal liability. Um, so the reason why, um, business entities exist, is to help business owners and entrepreneurs who are serving the public. They're doing a good thing. They're, they're creating jobs. They're creating a product or service that's going to help people. But there's a significant risk to you because if something goes wrong, it all falls on your shoulders. So in order to encourage people to still do that and take that risk, we want to give you a little bit of protection. So when you form a business entity, um, particularly an LLC, a corporation does this too, um, but an LLC stands for a limited liability company. So forming an LLC limits your liability and it puts a a wall of protection in between you personally and the business. So now, assuming you're running things properly, if something happens with the business and somebody wants to sue, they can only go after the business's assets. So your house, your car, your assets, your money, your investments, your retirement accounts, all that stuff is protected um, because you're operating out of a limited liability company, uh, a business entity, and not yourself personally personally. Um, so, so that's kind of the first step. And, and, and that's, that's the, the foundational piece. But as I started to, to grow my practice and, and start to interact and serve more clients and entrepreneurs, what I would realize is that people think, a lot of people mistakenly think that the only thing you need to set up a business is just to file for the, the certificate of formation from the Secretary of State. They think, you know, you just get that piece of paper and you're good and <laughs> you are not good. Um, mm. It's 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 you know I tell folks all the time you don't need a paper LLC you need a performing LLC yeah. because if someone sues you and you show up to court and you show the judge this piece of paper from the state yeah this is my no it's it's not going to work out you, right. know, you, you will be personally liable um, there's a term called piercing the corporate veil and what it means is and what the corporate veil is it's that layer of protection that we talked about that that separates your business from your personal assets. But in order for like the courts and the system to really respect and honor that you and your business are separate, you have to be functioning like an actual business. You have to have, you know, so the two categories that we call as your internal documents and your corporate formalities. You have to be having annual meetings. You have to have your own separate business bank account. You can't commingle funds in between yourself and the business. Yes. You have to follow your state formalities. You have to do your franchise tax. You have to do your renewals. You have to uh, be adequately capitalized you can't and, and, and if you have any questions about what that means specifically we can go into that but there's is a whole cavalcade of things that you have to be doing and these are building blocks that show you're running your business properly um so for at my firm for my clients i tell folks you know you don't need a paper llc you need a performing llc but in order to have a performing llc you want to leave a paper trail you want to leave uh, evidence and documentation that you've been doing things the right way. So God forbid, if you ever do get sued, you show up to court with the binder full of your documents, full of your of your of your evidence and your documentation of your meetings and, and all your procedures and processes for the past three, four, however many years. Yeah, that'll hold weight in court versus just showing up with a piece of paper that says certificate of formation. Right. And so that's, <laughs> that's what a lot of business owners, unfortunately, um, aren't fully realizing. Um, and so I, I try to combat that in a lot of ways. I try to give a, as much information as possible for free, and you know, I I've, I've done uh, trainings for literally thousands of business owners on how to file for the certificate of formation. I'll show you that for free because that's just the basic step. Like that's the first step. Like you know, I got bored one day, so I timed myself. I can file for a certificate of formation in three minutes and two seconds. Wow, it's, it's that easy. But but that's because it's not the hard part. That's the easy part. Um, so yeah, so an LLC is such a powerful tool. You're not going to be in trouble if one thing goes bad. Um, but you gotta, you gotta set it up properly. You gotta make sure that you have all your ducks in a row because it does yeah. matter.
0: It does matter. Oh, I love everything you just said. Um, I work with all different types of entrepreneurs at different stages of their business even. And I do find a lot of times that, you know, there'll be people who have, you know, They made $250,000 profit Mm -hmm. last year, but they don't have a separate business bank account. And it's just like, oh man, it's okay, but let's just get that set up like yesterday, like right now, like go to the bank and make that happen. Because again, you don't want to just have a paper LLC. You want it to be performing. You want to make sure, and this is important for y'all to just lean in, lean into this. Like you want to make sure that all the work and investment you're putting into this business, your brand as you're building it, isn't going to You know, come and bite you in the butt, you know, a few years down the road because you just didn't simply set things up right. And I know that, you know, speaking with a lawyer can feel very intimidating, it can seem super expensive, but if you really think about the return on investment, you know, you pay for a discovery call, you pay to have your contract set up right, or you pay to get your LLC and your business formation set up right. And it's going to be so minimal compared to all the, you know, money you're going to make in your business. So it's something you want to start the right way. Um, and it doesn't have to be as daunting as it can seem when you have your money team. And that's something I talk about a lot. It's, yep. it's, it's something I made up. I call it your money team. It's your CPA and your attorney. And I call, I, I focus on it because when I left New York, I worked in investment banking on Wall Street, my investment banking director told me, make sure you get an attorney and a a CPA. But when I went to go sit down with an attorney, it felt so expensive that I was like, "Ah, we can't afford this. You know what I mean? So I try to just do stuff on my own. And then guess what? all this, these tax issues down the road, we had two separate locations and separate LLCs and it was all confusing. Yeah. And I mean, it just, it costs us so much time and money and energy. So if I could bathroom. go back, that's something I would do. So I tell entrepreneurs from the outset, have a money team, have a CPA and have an attorney. So I love that you brought that up.
1: Yeah, I mean, and honestly, you brought up so many good points. You know, It seems intimidating at first, but just even, even from my real estate uh, industry side, there are so many entrepreneurs who have so many great businesses and are making good money. But when you talk to them about how they're set up and how they're structured, I, I call it, it's a house of cards. So mm-hmm. I, I call it a ticking time bomb because right. a lot of people are just, you're one bad customer away. You're one person who woke up on the wrong side of the bed and they sue you and that whole thing is going to come apart.
0: Absolutely. I always say it's kind of like insurance. You know, you say, I don't think I need it. No one's going to sue me. I have such a small business until someone sues you. And then you're like, dang it. I wish I would have gotten that set up right. So you just don't want to put yourself in that situation. You want to make sure that you protect your business and protect the investment you're making. So in in that line, what are some of the most common mistakes that you see entrepreneurs make when it comes to setting up their business is business formation um, process.
1: Yeah. Um, we, we actually already alluded to a few of them. Um, so that, that really comes along to the, the difference between a paper LLC and a performing LLC, is, uh, as I like to call it, are your internal documents and your corporate formalities. Um, so when it comes to internal documents, you know you have your business as a separate entity. So it has to have rules and regulations and guidelines that it works by. So the most important document that you're probably going to have in your business is called the operating agreement. And this breaks down. What happens in your business in different situations? it breaks down you know the powers and the purpose of your business. It breaks down your tax designation uh, it breaks down uh, how how the business is supposed to wind up if you want to dissolve it uh, in a lot of instances. it breaks down how you distribute money. To, uh, to yourself as a business owner, which a lot of people don't understand is literally one of the most powerful things that you can set up in your business. Uh, for our clients, we have something that I call 360 protection. And we take, uh, we take one of the, law, the laws on the books here in Texas, and we wrap it around distributions, and we protect you if something happens with the business and if something happens with you. So so that's, those are internal documents, getting your operating agreement set up properly and having, having you know, I always feel some type of way when I say it cuz obviously I'm an attorney so it sounds like I'm shilling for my services but whoever you get to set up your operating agreement is your is your opportunity to both protect yourself and be strategic to be offensive to be to 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 set up your business specifically to work for you. Yeah. So you can't just you know go online and click 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 and then find some generic document that's not going to help you or that might be set up for another state or that might be set up for another industry and unfortunately you're not going to realize it until it's too late and something happens. Um, so, so one of the big mistakes we see is either someone won't have any internal documents or they'll just have something generic that's not customized to themselves. Mm. Um, the second thing is on the other side, your corporate formalities. These are like, you know, if the operating agreement and the internal documents, if those don't get you in trouble, your corporate formalities are going to be a big red flag. You know, if a court ever looks at that to see that you're not running your business right. Yeah. So, so a handful of them is kind of like we talked about. Commingling funds, big no-no. Right. <laughs> um, and, and what commingling funds means is that you're using a business money for your personal expenses. And the reason why that's such a big problem is we talked about your LLC or if you have a corporation, the corporation, whatever business entity you have, it protects you on the idea that your business and yourself are two separate things. But if a judge sees that you take money from your business account and you use it to buy groceries, then then you're not separate at all. You're right. using that business you're treating the business as though it's another extension of yourself. Right. So in the law, that's called the alter ego theory. If you treat your business like it's just an alter ego of you and you use business money and business assets for things that you would do personally, the court is going to look at you and like, Hey, no, you and the business are the same thing. So if somebody wants to sue you, they can come directly after you. Yeah. Um, so commingling funds is a big no, no.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: on top of that, another thing we talk about is, um, is adequate capitalization. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is a uh, capitalization is just talking about the money that you have in your business to take care of, you know, the regular expenses of the business. Um, so another thing that um, a court will look at is if you get sued, do you have enough money in your bank account to handle the regular affairs of your business? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if on a month, your average bills and expenses, you know, insurance, rent, whatever you have to pay for uh, equipment, if your average expenses are $5,000 a month, but you only have $500 in your bank account. What does that mean? It means that you and the business are working hand in hand and the business can't take care of itself. Mm. You know, so adequate capitalization means you have enough money in your accounts to take care of the expenses that go, go along with that. Um, and, and maybe the one, one more I'll throw in is, um, uh, your state compliance and your, your franchise tax or renewal. This is a big one. This will literally have the state shut down your business.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and so, so I, I'm based in Texas. I, I live and I work in Texas. I'm licensed. Uh, I live and work in Dallas. I'm licensed to, to practice all over Texas um, when it comes to business formation. Um, and so one of the things that happens in Texas is you'll have the franchise tax. Now, the majority of businesses don't have to pay any money for the tax, but there's an annual renewal report, the franchise tax report, that every business must fill out every year. If you don't fill it out after a certain period of time, a certain number of months, the state will shut down your business. Yep. It's called an involuntary termination of franchise. And so you will no longer have the ability to have your LLC protect you, and you're all, you're all, all of a sudden going to go back to a sole proprietor. Um, mm-hmm. And so that means if anything happens, you are directly responsible for it. And so these are things that business owners I tell you actually I see it every day and yes. it's really sad um, when you don't catch it in time. We've we've caught a lot of these in time. We've helped our entrepreneurs and get themselves right. But yeah, it can yes. it can go bad very quickly. Woo,
0: all of that that you said, I mean, I'm even taking notes and and learning over here as you're talking because um I just want to make it really clear to people you know when when he's saying that you know if you don't have this separation, if you don't have a you know an entity for your business that you're protecting and maybe the forms of a form of an form of an l l c he they can come after you personally he means like your personal home, your car, your bank account, as opposed to if you have a performing l l c when you're setting yourself up properly. If someone comes to sue you, they can only come after the assets of the business. So just to make sure that's super duper clear, you don't want your family to be at risk and exposed um, because of decisions that you you make in your business or because of the risk there. So it's just just super duper important. And I mean, you just brought up so many great points. I want to talk about um, trademarks as well. Um, Let's kind of just start with what they are, you know, at a basic level and then talk about why they're important.
1: Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, and one, one distinction that I want to make is because I get this question all the time. Do I need a trademark? Do I need a copyright? What's the difference between the two? And so, you know, I, I work with both of them. And a real easy way that I heard another um, IP attorney say, and I'm stealing it from her, is a trademark is for branding. The name of your business, a slogan and a logo. That's all branding elements and those are protected by trademarks. So another way that, uh, that I like to tell people to think about it is it's a source identifier. You know, so if you, if you walk into the mall and you see a shirt that says N-I-K-E, you know a lot of things about that product just because of the trademark, the name. So it tells you how much it probably costs. It tells you the quality of the product. You know, if, if they're Nike shoes, it tells you what, you know, what athletes and what celebrities endorse the product. It tells you how much, you know, those shoes are going to learn so much about it very quickly, just on account of the trademark, the name on the product. Same thing with the logo. If you see the swoosh, you know a lot about the product the same, the same way. Um, so trademark protects your branding and it keeps other people from, you know, infringing upon or or copycatting or ripping off your branding. Now, copyright, copyright is for content. Trademark is for branding. Copyright is for content. So if you create a book, if you write music or lyrics to music, if you write a play, if you have a movie, um, if you're creating a course and you're writing a curriculum, all that is content that's come out of your brain and uh, you've created. So a copyright is what protects your content. Trademark protects your branding, copyright protects your content. And so that's, that's the easy way that I, as soon as I heard, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is great. So it's so easy to remember. Um, so, so I definitely stole that. Um, <laughs> so, and so the, the kind of the basics of, of trademarks, just kind of walking uh, into that is as your business is developing, as you're growing, um, you're going to want to protect your intellectual property. You know, if you come up with a killer name or a killer slogan that's distinguishing you in your market, if you're an influencer and and you have a a name that you've developed and you've you've worked hard and you had your blood, sweat, and tears developing that brand and becoming that influencer that that can use their name and leverage that um, for, for value in your company. That's very important. It's very valuable. So you have to protect it. And you protect all those things um, with a trademark. So, so that's kind of the, the basic um, intro to the concept. We can go a little bit deeper if you'd like to.
0: No, I love that. That's great. And um, I just want to point out, actually, the other day was just looking up the value of these sorts of things. So these sorts of intellectual property, he mentioned Mm -hmm. trademarks, he mentioned copyrights, there's, you know, trade secrets and, you know, um, there 's real value associated with it it 's an intangible asset on your balance sheet so um, I forget the company that was being sold. it was in a merger but thirty five percent of the the sale price was the trademark was the intangible assets so so I know it 's hard to really see that in a small business you know you think you, know, you want to believe that your business is going to do great and grow but it's important to protect, um, early on, um, because you don't want to have to run into problems later. And that's what I want to kind of get into next. So
2: Indeed.
0: how do you protect, how do you get a trademark? How do you think about it? And, and I get the question a lot, like, when do I get a trademark? Cause it's a legitimate question. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll even say like when I launched bird Williams almost a year ago, um, it'll be a year next week um wow, congrats. i thank you i didn't know exactly what it was gonna look like or how it was gonna shape out I didn't spend a lot of money on a website. I built it myself. I didn't, you know, go, I didn't go and hire some huge branding expert to help mm-hmm. me with branding. Cause I wanted to really understand what it was first. Right. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm glad yeah. I did it that way. I actually just did a rebrand a, a few, a couple of months ago and I, I shared, I about that on the, podcast the too. thank you. Um, and I felt right to do a, a rebrand, you know, you know, almost a year in because I kind of knew more of where I was. So it's kind of the same thing with a trademark. If you just have an idea, um, are you supposed to trademark it from the very beginning or do you need to wait and kind of see if that's the logo you want to keep or if that's the name you want to keep What are your thoughts there?
1: I know it's a tricky. Yeah. Question. No, I mean, it's a tricky question. And it's one that comes up a lot because it's a valid question. You know, some people call it the entrepreneur's dilemma. Mm. Do I set the trademark early before I know what my business has really become? Or if I wait too long, what if somebody else is already doing it and they've already applied? Um, so there, there are a few things that, there are a few ways that we can think about it that'll help us mitigate, um, you know, some, some of these issues. Um, the first thing is, you know, with most intellectual property, at least with, with trademark and copyright, you have an intangible right that attaches to it the moment that, uh, that you start using that trademark, or with the copyright, the moment you start creating that content. It attaches to it inherently. Now, um, the reason why applying for the trademark is so important is because you cannot enforce your rights against anyone unless you apply for that trademark. Got it. So if you if you have the name of your of your business, you know whatever it's called, ABC Widgets, and you've been creating the best widgets in town for years, um, but you don't uh, you don't apply for that trademark, first of all, somebody else will probably rip off your your uh, your name, and they can do that, and you can't you don't have any legal rights against them. You know, and so it's it's very important to protect yourself and make sure that you're able to to enforce that. So that's why trademark, um, trademarking is so important. Um, but I do want to make that distinction because there's something called a common law trademark. If you've been using a name, you do have some rights, but they're limited. And there's situations where somebody else can come in, and if they register that same name, they might be able to. You might be able to use it in your city, but they can literally use it everywhere else in the country. Mm-hmm. And you know, quick story. For Burger King, there's a city in, I think it's in Ohio. There's a small town in Ohio that had the name Burger King. They've just been operating in that same town. But now, Burger King, the franchise, literally operates everywhere else in the country except that one little city because wow. they had the trademark, but they never registered it. And then, obviously, Burger King, the big company, they registered it. They're doing their thing all over the country. So it's the, the balance between, hey, when do I know what I have versus when do I register my trademark? Is, is it's a delicate balance, and you gotta look at your own facts. Yeah. But what I like to tell my clients is, if you have a solid product or service, and if you're developing traction, and it's becoming a legitimate viable business, and, and you're in position to, to make some moves, you wanna protect yourself yesterday. Yeah. Um, and, and particularly with trademarks, because you know, it's a federal, um, it's a nationwide federal registration, the process is slow. Um, It it takes about six to 10 months really on average to to file for your trademark. So you want to get that started as soon as possible because the worst thing that you would want to happen is you use a name and you spend money on branding and you create a website, you have shirts and hats and all this stuff. And then you discover that you can't use that name
2: Yeah.
1: and and that it's the worst. It's terrible. And, and, you know, it it happens to people every day. Um, So yeah, Yeah. so that's kind of the balance that we try to figure out.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I mean, to even just go back to that example of ABC Widgets. So even if ABC Widgets has been operating in Houston, hasn't filed a trademark, but has been, is building up traction, someone else sees ABC Widgets and wants to file a trademark, you know, in another city or another state, they can do that and they'll have the federal protection, but ABC Widgets will only have protection in, in Houston, for example. Right. So it, yep. doesn't, it doesn't help you to say, well, I started first. That's not gonna be right. good enough because it's just, yep. you have limited protection.
1: Exactly. Your protection Ooh. is limited, you know, whatever your little geographical area, but yeah. someone who register it federally, they, they have nationwide um, access to to that intellectual property right.
0: Yes. And so I just try to put myself in the minds of an entrepreneur who's tuning in and they're like, okay, it's a lot. I'm, I'm taking some deep breaths. You know, um, you're telling me I need a business formation. You're telling me I need a separate bank account. You're telling me that I need to think about my intellectual property and trademarking or copywriting and all of this. Um, when it comes to trademarking, and, and I mean, one simple thing I know people can do is just, let's say you, you're looking to use the name ABC Widget. You can just go do a search, right? I mean, of course you should like do your Googles, right? Search on yeah. Google, probably search some social media platforms would be really smart to see if, if names or names like it, like, you know, add different variations to the name mm-hmm. or an S on the end or, you know, a the before the name and, and stuff like that to kind of see if someone else is using it out there, but you could also search with the trade, like the USPTO, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So there's levels to this. And that's, that's a great point that you brought up because at, at, at a base, at a minimum, you want to do your Googles. You want to see is, is there another company in my city with the same name? So that, that's not going to work. And the reality of the situation is you don't want to set up that business because there could be customers that are trying to come to you that mistakenly go to the other person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, it's smart to do your branding. And so at every stage of your business, you have to kind of, you know, do your evaluation and see how much you can invest in, and kind of protecting your intellectual property. So the, the USPTO, the US Patent and Trademark Office, it's a great website, very helpful, very informative uh, for someone who, who's a layperson person to this. However, there are limitations. And, uh, and this is something that we see, I see with my trademark clients all the time. If you go to U.S. Um, PTO office and you, and you search if a trademark is available, you have to understand how that algorithm works, how that, how that uh, computer works. It will literally only search what you put into it. And so, for example, um, this one I like to use. If you type in Starbucks with an extra S at the end, with two S's at the end, it will tell you that there's no trademark registered for Starbucks. But obviously we know you can't, you can't, you're not going to file something with Starbucks with the extra S at the end. The problem with the system is that it only gives you the results for exactly what you put in. Um, so as a, as a, a trademark attorney, what we do is we actually have, we run a thorough trademark search, which searches everything. The entire uh, federal trademark registry, it searches LLC registrations, DBAs, social media platforms. And typically for a client, I'll have a report that's like 80 to hundred pages long. And then I'll sift through all that stuff and we'll generate, or, you know, an opinion letter or report that lets, lets you know, Hey, here's where we're at. You know, it might, it might work. It's a sure shot or, you know, it might not work. So you have all of the information available to you ahead of time, because as, as heartbreaking as it is to give up on, you know, on your brand and on your name it's better to give up on it on month one versus you spend all this money and all this time. And eight months later, they reject your application.
0: Right, exactly. 100%. And again, it goes back to why you should have a money team, why you should have an attorney um, in your business, you know, as soon as you can. Of course, not everyone can afford to from jump, but I mean, it has to be a priority because again, he 's saying that he 's searching all these databases and doing all these things that 's not your core competency as a juice maker or as a you know Indeed. musician or as a you know beautician or whatever it is you don 't want to be sifting through all these pages of what exactly you want to be focusing on your core competency so you want to be able to outsource these types of things to an attorney who knows exactly what they 're doing they do it all the time yeah. and they 're going to work in your best interest to protect you
1: and and another thing and, and I just want to share because this is something that I've been going through personally with my bis- with our businesses that, that my wife and I have is, you know, I stress entrepreneurship a lot. Like, even if you follow me on social media, I, I never say it, but if you ever see me write the word entrepreneur, E is always capitalized because I, I esteem entrepreneurship very, very highly. Um, but one of the things that, that happens, it's, it's happening in my businesses, it's obviously happened with your businesses, Ashley, and, and we have a lot of clients. You get to a point where you move, you transition beyond just being an entrepreneur and you have to move into CEO mode. That's yes. what I call it. And as you start to do that, you realize that your legacy of your business has now—it's—it's—it's it's, uh, it's astronomically outgrown you exponentially. It's—it's it's past you, and wow. so now you have to prepare for the next generation. You know, I have two little children our business that we're forming now, it's going to do a lot in their future. So right. I have to be very uh, proactive and intentional about setting up and protecting it. So that's why I start to get even more, uh, more hype about trademarks and intellectual property. But because even trademarks specifically, a trademark is a, is a personal property asset that can uh, potentially live forever. Mm-hmm. If you renew your trademark on a regular basis, it will never expire. Yeah. Coca-Cola is a trademark that has been around for a hot minute. Yeah. And from, from generation to generation, that company and the value of that trademark is only increasing. Just like, just like you talked about before there, are, there are, company sales where half of the value is just the name. People know what it is and they understand and they value that trademark. So as we're, as we're moving on, hey, you know, it, it starts off as a side hustle. You're in hustle mode. You're grinding. You're, you're setting up. You're an entrepreneur. You're a business owner. But a lot of us get to the point where we have to become CEOs. Yes. We, have to, to, we have to have a vision of our business that outlives just the here and now. And part of that, part of your responsibility is protecting what you have. So the trademark is a big part of that, getting set up as an LLC and making sure that, you know, this thing, the house of cards isn't going to crumble tomorrow is also a big part of that. So that's why I get, I get really passionate about it. Your business has the capacity to change your life. It's changed mine, as well as the lives of the people around you. So it, at a certain point, if you can do it, it becomes irresponsible not to set up and not to do your best to protect yourself. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stop right now
0: <laughs> absolutely I love the hype I love that passion because I get the same way you know as yeah. I teach and I'm, I'm that's incredible I love that you brought that up that mindset shift um, as you grow your business um, mm-hmm. and really sitting in that CEO seat and thinking about your business um, you know long term and that's something that I preach even from the beginning even when it's just an idea and you're getting your business plan together it's important just to think about the phases of your business that's a whole uh, section in one of my programs so I love that so much.
2: Indeed.
0: This has been awesome. Um, I do want to ask one question to kind of bring it back to the, the first formation point on DBAs, because yeah. you brought that up with DBAs. So do I need a DBA and an LLC? Um, or how does that work?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So the first thing is uh, DBA laws vary by state, but there are some things that generally work. Um, and so I'm going to use Texas as, a, as an example. And you can, of course, find someone who, who, who's, uh, who's barred in your state and get that personalized advice. Um, but generally a DBA, the way I like to explain it, it's a glove. It's a glove that goes over your hand. So a DBA is just an assumed name. And so it just goes on top of whatever you have. So if you're a sole proprietor, um, you just use a DBA to be your trade name. Maybe you have a bakery, but your name is, you know, is is Joe Smith. You don't want to say Joe Smith's Bakery. So you come up with the name of, you know, Fantastic Cupcakes. That's your DBA. It's your doing business as name. So all it does, it doesn't give you any legal protection. It doesn't give you any tax benefits. It doesn't do anything. Name. It's just the, the a business name or your trade name that goes over your, your current business entity. So if you're a sole proprietor, it goes over your sole proprietorship. If you have an LLC, you can also register a DBA and use that for your LLC. So it's just a glove that goes over whatever you already have. Um, but it's helpful because you know, oftentimes, the LLC name that we create, and, and that's a separate conversation, people use their LLCs to be strategic and, and get some privacy and protect themselves. But when you're doing business in the market, you know, you want a pop a name, you want something that people will connect with. So you have a DBA name that's very marketable, it's, it's hot, it's sexy, it's trendy. And then you have your business LLC name that's behind the scenes protecting you. Got um, it. So that's, that's kind of the, the, the rundown on DBAs.
0: Got it, that makes sense. So it's not necessarily required if you have- have an LLC because you could operate under the name of that LLC, but if you yep. want to cover it um, with a different name, you can do that with a DBA.
1: That's exactly right.
0: That makes sense. I love it. Okay, great. So I guess last question is just, do you have any I know we've shared you've shared so many popular like legal tips um, with newbie brand builders. If there's anything else you want to add, or even just around the LLC, aside from it protecting you and kind of creating that layer of protection between you personally and the business, yeah. also just with being able to write things off. I know yep. I I actually had a friend from my banking program. Um, she lives in California. I actually gave her your contact information. Yeah. Um, Contacted
1: her last night. Yep.
0: Okay, great. Cause she was saying, I want to be able to write things off and I know I can do that with an LLC. And I was like, let me send you to the Saludo. So yeah. in terms of that kind of stuff, is there any, are there any tips there?
1: Yeah. And so just to kind of, uh, to run back to my story earlier, when I retired from my law firm and started my real estate investing business, I had no idea that I would fall in love with taxes so much. But there is so much to, you know, it sounds so weird saying it, but there's so much to love about learning about the tax game. Because if you are a business owner, this is set up in your favor. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that we have to endure and go through as entrepreneurs, sleepless nights. We're investing our time, our, our sweat, our money. A lot of us put everything into our businesses and there's, there's a big chance that you know, things might not go the way that you want. So we have to take advantage of all of our benefits and as an entrepreneur, taxes are to your advantage. Um, so, so the first thing that I'd like to say is it's actually a misconception that you need an LLC to take advantage of tax benefits. You hmm. don't. For the vast majority of tax benefits that exist, you could do it under a sole proprietorship. Now, there's a whole bunch of other reasons you don't want to have a sole proprietorship, but you can. Um, but, But just knowing a lot of these, one of the things I talk about all the time um, is just taking your your proper write-offs and deductions. Um, A a big one that we just talked about, I I actually posted a Facebook post about it, is is the vehicle deduction. If you use your vehicle for your business, depending on the proportion of which you use it for your business, you can deduct um, so many uh, parts of that. You can take what's called uh, a 179 depreciation deduction. And if you have... Say an SUV, there are different rules, of course. Talk with your CPA make sure you, you get all that stuff straight. But I'll just give an example of something that happened with a client of mine. They have their business. They're going to use a new vehicle pretty much exclusively for their business. They're doing pretty well. They want to get uh, an Infiniti QX80. Really nice car. The, the latest ones, they run $70,000 plus. If she uses that exclusively for her business, because of the tax rules, she can write off the entire cost of the car day one. Mm. Like, let me tell you how powerful this is. She could go on December 31st. She can finance that car, put $1 down, and then write off that whole $70,000 car and take $70,000 of her income and deduct it. Wow! Like, when, you, you, when you really think about how much money these things save you, um, it, it's incredible. Like I teach, uh, I teach this, I call it conversion. You, as a business owner, you want to convert your personal expenses into legitimate business expenses by adding a legitimate business activity to it. And so there's so many different areas where this applies to, but as entrepreneurs, there's so many things that we can take advantage of. If you work from home, like a lot of us are doing during this pandemic, there's a home office deduction. You can deduct percentages and pieces of, you know, of of the things that you're using. Here's a quick one for you for free. If you have a cell phone that you use for your business, get a home phone in your, in your house. If you have a phone with a dedicated uh, line just for the house itself, you can write off the entire cell phone bill. That's easily $2,000, just like that. You know, there's so there's so many different ways and things that's happening. So what's what's what kind of naturally occurred is I created a course to teach business owners, uh, you know, about all this stuff. Yeah. So uh, right now at the UBA Law Group, we have two classes, uh, two courses that we teach. One's called the Business Launch Blueprint, and it's a four-week course. And it takes you really an entrepreneur from ground zero all the way to being confident that their business foundation is set up. So just like you said, Ashley, you don't have to work at an area that's not your core competency. You can learn how to set your business up run it properly, and then go 100 miles an hour at what you do best. Um, so we teach you everything from what business entity to pick, all about the, the ins and outs of the LLC, um, tax uh, savings and deductions, and then how to attract quality clients with your business entity. Love and that. then one of the other courses that we just recently created, uh, it was just because I got so much feedback and so demand, so much demand to learn about taxes. Um, so we've created a tax master class. We actually have our first class launching on November 20th, Friday, November 20th.
0: Perfect. That's just a couple days after this episode yeah. will go out.
1: Indeed, and and that's specifically geared to teaching you how to save um, money on taxes year in and year out. We'd even get to talk about S corporations, right. And that's that's what you do need an LLC for, and that's a major game changer. I have clients that are saving five figures, and will save five figures every single year using this strategy. Yes, imagine what you could do if you invested ten thousand dollars into your business that you got for free, because you know the game, and you know how to invest and take take advantage of all the opportunities that are available to you.
0: Absolutely. And, and, I, and I, I just want to make sure I clarify that's an S corp for tax purposes um, yes. because there is an S corp for business formation. And a lot of my uh, students get confused on that. And it Actually, is don't, don't get me
1: started. I'm going to talk for another 20 minutes.
0: I know. I know. No, it's so good. Y'all have got to connect with Saludo. I'm going to make sure to link the masterclass and any of your other resources um, in the show notes. Thank so if you. you're, wherever you're listening to this podcast, go down, look at the show notes, the episode description, and make sure that you uh, click to get information on that because it sounds amazing. And you want to get that kind of tax info in your life now before the new year, but you'll take advantage of anything you can in 2020 um, and then set yourself up strong um, going forward. So yes, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank um, you for the
1: invitation, of course, always.
0: I, I want to make sure I ask this question too. How can people connect with you online? I know that you mentioned Facebook and Instagram, your website. What is the best way for folks to connect with you?
1: Yeah, um, and so uh, the, the primary way that I connect with folks and try to give out as much free value as possible um, is on Facebook. So you can just search me, Saluto Uba, S-O-L-U-T-O uh, Uba, U-B-A, or you can also search the Uba Law Group. I'm, I'm the only Uber law group on Facebook. Um, and then on, uh, on Instagram, um, my handle is the entrepreneur lawyer. Um, and so you can search me there. Um, I'm on YouTube. You can search the entrepreneur lawyer on YouTube as well. And you know, my name is fairly unique. So if you type in Saluto uba, you're going to find me. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, you know, I'd love to connect, love to, to, to have a consult and just really, m- my big thing is, you know, we can do this. I, I have videos. I say it on Facebook at the end, we can, we can do this. You can do this. The biggest part of my entrepreneurial journey was figuring out that I can figure it out.
2: Nice.
1: Like, I, remember I learned that in August of 2017. Once I learned that, Hey, I can figure this thing out. The world was open to me. So just be encouraged wherever you are, no matter what, what your state is, if you're just starting out, if you need a rebrand, if something bad is that you can do it, you can figure it out. So believe in yourself, get, get help, get wise counsel around you, but, but keep on grinding, keep on pushing.
0: Yes. Yes. And yes to all of that. Saludo. thank you for being on the show. You are a rock star.
1: Thank you, Ashley. That's you. (laughs) Have a good one. All right. You too. Take care.
0: Y'all. We could have talked all day. Wasn't that so helpful? I mean, there was just so much practical wisdom in this one. You know, this is one of those episodes that if you were moving around and multitasking, you'll want to make sure you come back and really soak up all this goodness. Look, I understand not everyone is as excited about LLCs and trademarks and DBAs as me. And this could probably feel a bit overwhelming. But I will tell you this. You want to get this right. This is not the part you want to skimp on. Because y'all, neglecting to set a strong foundation on the front end will cost you so much on the back end. Trust me, I have been there. It is worth investing time and money for even a simple discovery consultation with an attorney. You can take the next step. You can take the first step. You can think through what contracts, what documents do I need and sit down with an attorney who can kind of audit your business and see if you're on the right track. And then you can make the decision of what you're gonna do next. Like Saludo said, you can do this and you don't have to do it alone. Saludo is having a free masterclass, absolutely free, on November 20th. That's this Friday if you're listening in real time. And it's such important timing if you're listening, like I said, in real time because we're approaching the end of the year. This masterclass is all about taxes and I promise you don't want to miss it. I've been telling friends about this all week. Make sure you make the investment in your business and join this free masterclass on November 20th, all right? Y'all, as always, thank you, thank you for tuning in to Bird Means Business Podcast. It means so much to me for you to follow along. Thank you for subscribing on Apple Podcasts and for following on Spotify. Make sure that you tell every entrepreneur you know about this episode so that they can start building a strong foundation for their businesses as well. Alrighty, talk to y'all next week. Ready for Terry's
2: take? Yeah, I i can't sit on the floor because the floor is too hard. I'll hurt my boom boom on the floor, so I'm gonna sit on the floor, but I'm only gonna sit on Bucky's lap. Anyways, oh Oh
0: my gosh, (laughs) say excuse me. Excuse me. Alrighty, so we're ready for Terry's take. Guess what? We talked all about business formation. Can you say business formation? Business formation? Yeah. What does that mean? Okay, it's how you organize your business entity. And one way to do that is through an LLC. Can you say LLC? LLC. That's correct. And that's what Mommy's business is, Bird Williams. Is your guitar business going to be an LLC? Mm, Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good idea for sure. There's so much you can do. There's so many benefits to having an actual formation as opposed to just being a sole proprietor. And we also talked about intellectual property. Can you say that? Intellectual property?
2: Intellectual property.
0: Yeah, and one of those is called a trademark. And it's so important. And it can be tricky in the beginning to not know when exactly to trademark something. But I like to say better safe than sorry. So tell me, what did you think about this week's episode?
2: I said, okay.
0: (laughs) Is that how you feel about LLCs and Trademark? You're not very excited?
2: Yeah. I'm so excited.
0: You're so excited. Okay, I'll take it. That sounds good. All right. Well, you want to say anything else to the people?
2: Yeah. Hey, people. My daddy is silly today. He's silly today? Yeah, and also I'm silly too. Yeah? And also, uh, it will be Christmas time today. And also, when I sleep on a good day, it will be Christmas time. And will, Sienna will go in here. And also, my birthday is going to come. And also, the Christmas week's is going to come back to Eva Nicoli's house. And now, Ethan Nicoli is my best friend. And also, Eva Nicoli is going to go to my house. But they're not.
0: They're so. not. They're not. But it's okay. Christmas is coming soon. And we will have a Christmas tree. And that is oh so exciting. I am very excited about that. All right. Well, say so see you next week. See you next week.